Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm Rich Fay, and I am delighted as always to be joined by Samuel Luckhurst. Hello. And by Tyrone Marshall. Hello. And you both had the Shall I say the pleasure? Dubious pleasure. The dubious pleasure of going to the to Wolverhampton on a Saturday night. Just had the matter of the football to get over first. Uh, you had the the football, you had the, the light show as well to go over it. It was quite a good Saturday night as far as they go. Uh, about the, yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure I'd agree with it being a, a great Saturday night. I mean, the light show was very strange, but they have done that every game this season. I went there to watch... Shrewsbury in the FA Cup replay in the fourth round and even did that for Shrewsbury so it's um, I mean it was very bizarre and just it's an FA Cup quarter final it was the biggest quarter final of the game just turn the music off and let the fans make the noise it was very strange so? I, it caused a lot of debate on Twitter didn't it that? I saw some uh, I need to be careful with my choice of words here, but someone disagreed with me when I uh, I said how embarrassing it was I think they have tried to I think was it in the 2012 final they got hard fight to perform before kickoff. Oh, they want to make like a was, Super Bowl, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they have. They have exactly that. They've they've clearly tried to make the FA Cup like the Super Bowl. You know, make it more appealing to a mass wasn't audience. There a, was there someone? Was it before United Palace yes. in 2016? Was it Tinchy Strider? Tinchy Strider, I think Strider it might or Tiny Temper or someone? Wasn't it? There's someone. Yeah, who what, it was, but someone performed on the pitch before. and delayed kickoff. Yeah. yeah, as a consequence, and I think. It, it, that year, that month, in fact, Alicia Keys uh, delayed the Champions League final. Oh, yeah. You had images of Fergie pointing at his watch in the stands, wondering, you know, what, what's going on with the timekeeping. So, uh, it, yeah, it, the, the the atmosphere wasn't wasn't great. It was it was a pity actually, given that I mean, I, I read a piece by Rob Smythe um, on the morning of it about the team's 1976 tie at the same round, and uh, it was it was one of the best cup ties of, of the decade, apparently. But as as Tyrone had said to me beforehand, like the, the away end of Wolves is not conducive to generating any noise because you're along that stretch. Uh, I think fans pretend, sorry, prefer to be penned in, so to speak, yeah. where you, you're going to generate much more noise. Um, yeah, it, it was a real damp squib. And I mean, it was brought up with Celsius on Friday that it could be anticlimactic and it, it really was. Yeah, and Tyrone, I guess the uh, the manner in which the game was played didn't help too much early on. I guess United, they dominated proceedings, had a lot of possession early on, mm. but of course that counts for nothing if there's no sort of clinical edge going forward. Um, do you think this is down to, I know myself and Samuel spoke about before the game, that United probably should have gone to 3-5-2. Obviously hindsight makes that look even more obvious. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I think it just, they just didn't really, I mean, Wolves... It started off, Wolves were very deep throughout the entire game and they started off very defensively. It seemed the first 25 minutes or so, they were so afraid of being counter-attacked on that they were offering no attacks of their own to be countered. And it was just... Which you can't yeah. blame them for, can you? You can't no. blame them for, being and the it is how United have been hurting teams this season. And Wolves are very, you know, Wolves have got three good central defenders and, you know, that's how they set up. The wing-backs can drop back in and, and they were very negative early on and United just didn't really have the, the guile to break them down. 
at no point during the 90 minutes can I remember Martial or Rashford or Lingard getting in behind, even get a sniff of getting in behind. It was all kind of played in front of the defence and it was just very difficult to break down. And like I said, I mean, the first 15 minutes, it wasn't great, but it felt like United were kind of taking the sting out of it. The atmosphere had quietened down early on. There was a lot of possession. It was sort of sterile domination and, and going nowhere. But I think there seemed to be a sense sort of last 15 minutes of the first half maybe that Wolves just sort of grew in confidence yeah. and you kind of sensed that they thought hang on these you know these are on an off day they've not got much threat we can hurt them here and they sort of grew into the game and then second half up until the goal they looked the team most likely to score I mean at that point it was screaming out extra time but you felt if any team were going to score at that point it was going to be Wolves I think the strange thing about it was Yotta had that chance before half time where it, I mean it was quite a simple save for Romero because he telegraphed and you'd think in other circumstances that miss would be a major psychological fillip for the team who've just avoided going 1-0 down but seemed to just galvanise Wolves it was almost as if as like I was saying to Ty it was, it was a good thing I got the day long parking in our nearby <laughs> car park because when I saw the start I thought this has got extra time written all over it Um but Wolves had that chance at the end. Then they came out and they thought, well, we've kept United out. We've restricted them to, what was it, one distant shot from Rashford, yeah. uh, like he's kind of like Ronaldo tribute at. And they took the game to them and they started creating more chances and Romero had to make a really good save. And Solskjaer was literally just sat there and, and did nothing was about it. Was that Louis wasn't it? Well, it was. It was the first time he was clearly stumped and... He should have gone with a back three. Uh, I mean, it was interesting. I looked up how United set up against Wolves in in September and it was a 4-3-3. You know, I think probably about seven or eight players started that game and they just looked too rigid and they were trying not to be rigid because Lingard was dropping deep. He doesn't play on the right wing. He's he's pretty much there on a Mm. team sheet and, and that's about it. But he wasn't fully fit. And was starting his first game in over a month. Marshall starting his first game in over a month. Uh, it was Herrera's first start in nearly three weeks. Matic, who's just come back from injury, looks pedestrian at the best of times. He clearly got that balance wrong. I mean, I spoke to someone who deals with Lingard and they were amazed that he started. Uh, I think part it was partially enforced by Lukaku being injured. If Lukaku was fit, he probably would have started. But you just thought, okay, if Lukaku's not fit, you go to three five two. You've you've got your your two strikers up there, and you're also matching the opponents. And you've it it just seemed a bit more conducive yeah. to what they it, wanted. Sure and they just have Lingard off the bench as well. You got yeah, twenty minutes out of Lingard. Absolutely. Then. And also they switched to it at Arsenal when they play pretty well in it. And you would have one or two game changes off the bench. And he clearly did not trust anyone to come off the bench and and affect that game. It was the last question in his press conference. Um, I was was going to ask it to someone else, asked it about the substitutions, why he waited so long. And he said, oh, Andreas was was stripped. He was about to come on. And I I genuinely don't know if that was the case, if it was, take him at face value. But he shouldn't have, it's kind of a moot point. He should not have waited that long to make that change. I think the first three substitutes started warming up within seconds of the the restart and I I, I clocked them at about an hour the four coaches uh, sorry the three coaches huddled around Solskjaer they were clearly looking to make a change Uh, but he just waited and waited and waited and you know he he, that that mistake those mistakes are on him I suppose the only sympathy you'd have with him is that as, as Mourinho 
clearly um, knew back in the summer they do not have a collective back three that are good enough to get away with playing that way. And it's not a back three isn't as prevalent as it was at the World Cup where a lot of teams were using it, England, Belgium. Um, but there are certain situations where you do need it. And Mourinho was, was using McTominay, Matic and Herrera there. They just do not have good enough defenders to get away with it. Bailly travelled to Wolves, got off the coach, but wasn't on the bench, which pretty much sums up where he's at at the moment as well. Yeah, uh- Tyrone, I'll come to you on this one as well. Well, we're on team selection, we'll jump ahead a bit. But do you think it's been harsh, the reaction, considering how United beat PSG with McTominay and Fred playing so well that mm. they've sort of been cast aside against when Herrera and Matic have come back? Yeah, I mean, that midfield to start against Wolves is obviously the first choice midfield. But while what, three weeks ago we were, we were kind of saying that that was the one area of the squad where the gap between first team and backup was so big, so big it looked like an absolute chasm. Whereas McTominay, Pereira and Fred have all stepped up to the plate in a way over the last few weeks and suddenly the gap doesn't look yeah. as big. So to, to not play any of them was was a little bit of a surprise. And by playing Lingard, he, he kind of... I think Solskjaer basically snookered himself by playing Lingard because then when, it, when the game was going away from them and was going wrong in the second half, there wasn't an obvious game-changing option Half it matter. on the bench. Yeah, half exactly. fit matter who... I mean, you'd argue, and no offence, but a fully fit matter. You wouldn't say he's going to come on and change the game against the team as defensive no, he, anyway. He, he probably should have had one of the youngsters on the bench. That's what I was yeah. it was Greenwood. Yeah. He was Greenwood Ill was ill, but, but Gomez definitely travelled. I don't think Chong travelled, but it's one of those two are left field choice mm. to have there. And I guess especially for Wolves as well, because they are still going to be quite. It's hard to research a player like them as well to, to, to get your scouting on them to know what to expect. Yeah, a little bit. I think most clubs have. You know, access to Y Scouts and platforms like so this do, nowadays. So do we, so do we. <laughs> and um, and can you know can find out? So some of us do. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Reach PLC politics <laughs> coming into the uh, exposed on a podcast. Um, anything yeah, else? Won't get off your chest. Was, no. yeah. Anything um, else you're angry with? Or? Oh, plenty. <laughs> but we'll, we'll save that. Um, no, yeah, yeah, I think they could have got information on them and, and kind of knowing how they play. But you just felt that they needed. Lingard was an ideal option to come off the bench. If him and Matter could only play an hour each, then you'd think maybe start Matter and give yourself that mm. option to to change the game. Where it felt that it felt that he was so passive in the second half because he kind of looked behind him and just thought, "What is that? What, what, what kind of change?" You know, McTominay is not going to come on and change a game like that. He almost did though, didn't he? Did he get the corner? Was it a corner that whipped in or a cross or something? I think my head was buried in my lap. Yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah. I, was, I was enjoying tapping it. Tapping keys. And- <laughs> but yeah, um, I guess all of this though, Samuel, could be for nothing if someone like Paul Pogba had actually turned up and played as, as well as he could. It was a poor showing from him wearing the captain's armband the first time he's captained the side since Mourinho said he'll never do it again. Yeah, but, I can um, imagine there was someone in Setubal who was kind of laughing away. Well, not even silently, quite loudly <laughs> chuckling at how... Uh, uncaptain like he, he looked at the weekend uh, yeah I mean there were, there were a couple of instances where he was trying to embark on breakaways and there were cynical fouls that cut him short uh, it, in fairness to him he, he hardly ever goes into hiding even when he is playing badly uh, but I just think the Wolves just tactically bested United Solskjaer made mistake after mistake uh, It's it was one of those I mean it's, Normally, you tend to focus on the players in terms of how badly they've played, but given the decisions he made tactically and with certain selections, that that was a 
defeat that was probably on his head more more than the players. That said, I mean, I know some of the pundits were talking afterwards about um, certain tiredness about United, but they did have six days to recover for that. The problem, I think the big problem was that he just overloaded that front six with players who were not fully fit, who would just come back from injury and he risked them. And I can understand why he did it because that front six up until... Uh, PSG was the established front six. They they were playing really well. United were unbeaten with them, but it's a different proposition altogether when four of them have just come back from injury and, and aren't fully fit. You can't expect them to gel as easily as they did at Cardiff uh, back in December, particularly since you're coming up against the best team in the Premier League who are not in the top six. Yeah, and Tyrone, there's been some maybe debates about Sergio Romero's performance. He made some good saves uh, that one-on-one in the first half. The, mm. the save from the... Was it Willy Bolly's header or was it Jimenez's header? Jimenez's, Jimenez's header, Jimenez's header yeah. Half, yeah but, then, save. but then he looked maybe at fault a bit for the for the second goal. We had a discussion on Friday's podcast saying if he should start, at the that's what he should start. He's the cup keeper. Do you think Solskjaer might regret not giving to have a De Gea the... Uh... No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, he should have saved it at his near post, but it's not like De Gea's been faultless the last couple of weeks he's made mistakes of his own he was beaten at the near post by Valerie for Southampton even if it was a an absolute thronker of a, <laughs> of a shot um, good use of thronker as well thank you uh, and he was you know, he made a mistake against Arsenal as well even if there was a debate about whether it was a mistake I think it was fairly obvious that it was so you know I think Romero was always going to start that game and United United have got the best number two in the league perhaps the best number two in Europe so if you're not going to play him in cup games then you're going to lose him he was their best player as well, even yeah. though he was at fault for he was the, the best player. second goal. Yeah. I, know, I know our colleague Liam Collis does not agree with, with that <laughs> opinion. But he's not weird. with it that he wasn't at fault. Yeah, no, that he... He wasn't the best player. No, Yeah, that he wasn't the best player and that he shouldn't have played the game. Oh, right. He I shouldn't have got to play him. him. If you're not yeah. going to play Romero in games like that, then he will just go. I mean, in a way, it's surprising he stayed. Yeah, because how good he is. I think he yeah. stayed for four years because it's Manchester United. I don't think he'd have stayed four years number two at somewhere like Chelsea or Arsenal because he, he's good enough to be number one in a, a lot of elite European teams. Yeah. I think so. You know, United are fortunate to be in that position. So you, if you don't play him in cup games, then I'm not sure he'd be too keen on no. hanging around. Just go back to the midfield uh, if we can. Yeah, of course. You can. Um, I, I thought it kind of exposed a few questions about the midfield and the balance. Of it, I know that midfield three has worked well at times, and especially when United can play on the counter. But when that option's not available to them and they're relying on a bit of creativity to actually break teams down, to break teams yeah. down from midfield, it all rests on Pogba really because Matic and Herrera aren't the creative types. Yeah, when you're in possession of the ball, almost that extra players that, you, that sit behind it a bit too much you don't really get forward. Yeah, off of the, yeah. The in games like that, when teams are deep, it feels like you need and and Pogba's not for all his you know he scored a lot of goals recently. It, his long passing is very good. He can launch those counter-attacks very well. But I'm not sure he's a natural midfield playmaker. He's not the type who's, you know, going to pick an eye of the needle pass and, and thread someone through. So I think there's, you know, there was an issue with creativity in midfield there. I mean, there's different ways of doing it. City play two playmakers in midfield. You'd say United haven't got any in that mould at the moment, but Liverpool don't particularly play any playmakers in midfield. That's a pretty functional midfield they've got, but they get a lot of creativity from out wide. So there's different ways of getting creativity in your team but it felt like United were kind of posed with a problem of a very deep defence and no options on the counter-attack and they didn't seem to have an idea of exactly how they were going to go about breaking them down and Samuel mentioned Rashford's 
very ambitious shot in the first half and yeah. you know, that was a pretty early sign that they weren't really sure how they were going to create chances yeah. here and it was let's just let's just have a pop from 30, 35 yards As David Moyes as it sounds City are United's benchmark and City in that midfield three are playing two playmakers every week whether it's De Bruyne or David Silva or Bernardo Silva and even like Gundogan as well Gund- I was just yeah. about to say Gundogan is on the cusp of being a playmaker I think in a lot of teams he, he could occupy that role Fernandinho is a very forward thinking um, holding midfielder so I mean come the Watford game next week it's the international breaks come at a decent time in that he's got a chance to reassess those options because you would you would say even though it's maybe harsh to judge him on the back of two games where he's come back from injury but maybe not play Matic maybe gives someone else a go there um, maybe bring back Fred as well uh, it's you know there are there are questions that that have been raised about areas of United squad and I think the maybe supposedly I suppose the reassuring thing is that going ahead is United probably did need a wobble to better judge Solskjaer mm. and they also needed a wobble just to prevent the Glazers and Ed Woodward from selling the manager short again in another summer because there's been this misconception recently they only need two or three players it's it's absolute nonsense I mean Neville was talking about five and there's an argument for that but they do they definitely need four minimum yeah uh, in terms of the actual impact of the defeat Tyrone this is probably United's I mean I might say their only chance of silverware they've got a lot to do in the Champions League yeah. but um, it, how big a blow do you think that is for United because we always talk about the narrative of Solskjaer's last game for United being the FA Cup final they lost you could come back mm-hmm. even if he is just the caretaker manager to end that that what six months so she will have had with, with a trophy yeah. uh, is it a real chance missed for United this it was yeah and you know while City were in the draw City were always going to be favourites but there was still a real chance and I mean they have been kept separate in the draw so had United got through presuming the ball numbers would have stayed the same which I'm guessing they would it would have been they would have been in separate semi-finals so there was the real chance of that Manchester derby final which would, would have been a great occasion and once you get to a final anything can happen so it was a great chance of silverware and so much of Solskjaer's reign has been narrative heavy with you know the way they've got through in the FA Cup as well and, and playing some really difficult ties and it, it felt like the way they won at Arsenal and Chelsea deserved a better ending than such an insipid performance at Molyneux in a quarter-final defeat. To go away to Chelsea and away to Arsenal in the same season in the FA Cup and win both ties and win both ties so well. You know, you, you, you should play so contrastingly as well with yeah, always the same lineup. Yeah, you should really, you know, it feels like you really ought to build on that. Those defeat, those victories should be the, the platform to reach an FA Cup final and to have a real go at silverware. And and in the end, it was just such a such a meek way to, to go out, really, that, that it just contrasts so sharply with those victories. Yeah, and two defeats in a row now for, for United, Samuel. Uh, there are obviously going to be questions asked of Solskjaer. There's going to be some ridiculous ones, people forgetting just how far they actually have come under him. But it is a challenge for him. And like you said, they'll be itching to go again at the, after the international break. But... Uh, how does this affect the season, do you think, losing in the FA Cup? Do you think it is just in the manner of a response or? It, it is a, <clears throat> it's probably more of a reality check than that Paris Saint-Germain first leg in that if you look at the weekend, they've gone out of the FA Cup. They, thanks to Everton, avoided dropping down to sixth in the Premier League. Uh, City could win the quadruple, Liverpool at the top of the league. All of a sudden, it looks, it looks very, very gloomy. Uh, but the, the saving grace is that it is so tight between 
uh, Tottenham in third and Chelsea in sixth. I think there's about four points that, that separate the, the four teams there. So they've they've got a very good chance of at least finishing in the top four. But United shouldn't be a club that's about just qualifying for the Champions League. Um, it, it, it's felt like that for a long, long time. Unfortunately, pretty much since since Ferguson retired, that just seems to be the be-all and end-all. Uh, but as I said, it, it is a chance to reassess. It is a chance now um, for Solskjaer to reiterate to, to Woodward and, and, and the Glazers that they need major reinforcements in the summer. I don't think they need to do much churn. There are probably about four players that definitely need to go and then four players coming in um, at the very minimum. But I think I think in terms of league chances, they've got, I think, five five games at home, which is a bonus. The, the major tough ones, it's that week where they are playing um, Barcelona, City, Chelsea, very close together. That that could be the real defining period uh, if, if, if they you know, get through against Barcelona and win against City and Chelsea or, or don't, don't lose to them then the the outlook will be very sunny again but it, it is a, a sharp reality check and I, it was just it was just calling I think for Solskjaer that it, it, the last two defeats even though they've been very contrasting in terms of the performances they were eminently avoidable be it by Lukaku actually finishing at Arsenal or just by making uh, sensible selections that in hindsight I think if he had a second chance he, he, he wouldn't make the same selections that he did at the weekend Tyrone, we've got this about a week and a half now of international break, yeah. really. Um, do you think that's come at a good time or a bad time for United? Because I know there's the, the cliches that sometimes it is just good to get away and, and Solskjaer use the rhetoric that they'll go away with their international teammates, come back refreshed mm-hmm. and maybe in a different frame of mind if they've won with the international team. But I guess from a United point of view, you just want another game two, three days later, yeah, really, don't you? Yeah, do, you do. I asked uh, Nemanja Matic that in the mix zone on Saturday afterwards whether it had come at a good break and he kind of said, we'll find out against Watford. I'm guessing you're after a little bit more insight than that on this <laughs> well, <that> go- podcast. <laughs> uh, you would think it's come at a good time to just to kind of, you know, give them time to get these defeats out of their system. But it is, you know, it, it is one of those where it, it can come at a good time, but at the same time, a lot of players will say, give us another game quickly after a defeat to, to get it out of the system. So I don't think there's any right answer as such in that regard, but it does give them time to, to regroup and, and refocus and, kind of play these eight cup finals as, as Matic said in the league the interesting thing for Charles Gore is kind of if United had gone into this international break on the back of two successive wins and we're in the same position they are in the league I say they've lost to Wolves but beaten Arsenal we're in the same position they are in the league and it kind of been a gradual improvement under Charles Gore. these two weeks everyone would still be saying this is fantastic but because everything happened so quickly at the start of his reign now it's back, back, back to back defeat and it's just kind of stalled that momentum and, and raised a few questions for him that, that he probably has to deal with. So the, the way it's happened and he's almost a victim of his own success and he did so well in the first two and a half months in the job that suddenly the expectation was they would reach the cup final, that they would finish top four, perhaps top three. And because he's raised those expectations so quickly, there's now a, a pressure to kind of meet them and, and deliver them, which... It's going to be the challenge over the final eight games in the league. Yeah, Samuel, I guess the, the question is, I mean, we don't want to be too negative here, but I guess if he's to finish fifth and not winning silverware this season, would that still be a success? Do you think that would still be enough for United to, to appoint him? I don't think it would be a success, but I still think he should should get the job. I mean, as, as Tyrone touched upon it, he, he is a victim of his own success in the 
it would have felt anticlimactic had they lost at Wolves and they did given that they'd beaten Chelsea and Arsenal en route um, it's a bit different in the Champions League because they've gone from beating Paris Saint-Germain the way they did to get Barcelona and watching Messi and Suarez on, on Sunday night at Real Betis I think that's bound to be a bit more testing than, than PSG although PSG didn't have Cavani and um, and Neymar so I, I mean I've always maintained that he could finish fifth and not win anything and he would still be worthy of the job I don't think that should diminish the work he's done and the, how he's enhanced uh, a number of the players and also he is encountering the same problems uh, that Mourinho did I there aren't enough good central defenders um, that the, the midfield there is even though ironically those players have come good recently there is a lack of quality to depth there it is still a squad where quantity reigns over quality they've they, they might end the season without a, a 20 goal goals uh, player because Lukaku's 10 down from this stage last season I think normally you would say Lukaku is a 20 goal a season striker minimum anyway but they do lack that that match winner up there so you, you look at it and you think get rid of Rojo get rid of Darmian Valencia's going hopefully from United States, someone will come in for Sanchez um, and, and just make some really quality reinforcements in, in, in those areas. And they have got a much better squad, but it, it, it's just not that easy anymore for them, uh, given City do seem to be stepping up a level every month, every week. Uh, Liverpool have done remarkably well, I think, to stay in touch with City, to be above them at the moment as well in the league. So, he's he's still for me he's still done enough to be deserving of that role even though you can't overlook what Pochettino has done uh, at Tottenham and at Southampton there's there's no com- comparison in terms of who the better coach is <clears throat> out of the two of them but it's who's right for United at this stage and it's it still has to be Solskjaer I don't think that unless it goes it, their form really does what, yeah, what would spiral. Need to for it, they, to they'd finish. really have to have a massive collapse. They'd have to live up to my terrible prediction. Not a prediction, but I suggested, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised they finished in the bottom half when he was appointed. Um, it would have to be something like that, I think, for it to happen. They're not going to finish outside the top six. Um, that That's just not going to happen. They might get knocked out of the Champions League by Barcelona. That's in no way a disgrace. So I think unless they lose... You know they'd have to lose probably every league game between now and the end, the end of the season for him to lose. You know that job that he's very much entitled to. Yeah, I guess Tyrone, as we mentioned there, it will really the, the manner of the Wolves' defeat will be made clear when they do take on Wolves next in the Premier League. Watford, Watford that's what I meant. Yeah, I was about to get on to the next three fixtures. It's <laughs> Watford, Wolves, and Barcelona. The fact that they get to go to Wolves again as well means they can may put. Wrong. Put their right, wrongs right, right to the wrongs. Right yes, to wrongs. Yes. Um, but yeah, that in terms of the actual fix of Watford as well at home, it's going to be a very difficult test against a side who are facing Wolves in the FA Cup semi-final. Another team who will have nothing to lose and have played well this season. They have. Yeah. I mean, it will be two two tricky games. You wonder how Watford will approach the rest of the Premier League season now. I mean, they played a very weakened team at City a couple of weeks ago. You could argue that was because they wanted fresh legs because they needed to do a lot of running, but the same time they're going to want to keep players fit for that FA Cup semi-final because that's a huge opportunity for, for Watford now so you know I think as well as they've done they've been pretty poor away at top six teams I think I think they were hammered by Liverpool they'd lost at yeah. City so you know I mean United should have more than enough to beat Watford 
at home. Like you say, Wolves away in the league. It's interesting to see if they go for the exact same approach again, isn't it? It is, yeah. And you can see the merits in playing 3-5-2 and matching Wolves up. As Samuel said, the issue is finding three good centre-halves. And you also wonder if there's, if there was any thought in Solskjaer's mind that you should... It feels like he's so kind of steeped in the United way and trying to be steeped in the United way that perhaps he was thinking, should Manchester United be going to Wolves and adapting their formation for what Wolves are going to do? Yeah. If you understand me, perhaps he was thinking, we'll play this way and they can adapt to us. And obviously it didn't work that way at all. So perhaps he will change it up. That is a fair point. I'm struggling to think of it, but I'm pretty sure he has already... There was a game this season where he might have tweaked formation to match mm. match the, the opposition I mean he did it at Arsenal which was fair enough yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to think it what Tottenham? it is did he play sort of more of a diamond no but I mean even at Tottenham I mean that was that was quite innovative what he did there mm. when he used he, he used Lingard in between yeah. Marshall and um, and Rashford but he, he has reference like the yeah. the reverse fixtures that he wasn't obviously managing earlier in the season in terms of analysing the opposition I think he said it was at Fulham he said we played Smalling and Jones because they did well against Mitrovic at Old right. Trafford yeah. Yeah. so he is he's not a stickler for pragmatism but he's certainly not averse to it he will he will adopt it it would have just been logical I think at the weekend mm. I mean if they were fully if everyone was fully fit fair enough go with your you know your untouchables so to speak but they weren't all fully fit and that risk backfired and the other Similar to Watford, the other perhaps bonuses, the United are playing both of those teams in the week leading up to the semi-final. So it's Watford on the Saturday, Wolves on the Tuesday, yeah, and the so semi-finals going to be that weekend. That. Yeah. So both are going to have, you know, one and a half eyes on Wembley in a cup semi-final. So it might work in United's favour. And of course, they get and that. Watford did rest players and get City recently yeah, to yeah, yeah, the France. cup game. Yeah, Wolves, you'd fancy, will probably rest some players on the Tuesday ahead of a, a cup game, especially when I think you'd think they've got they're going to finish seventh you would have thought they're clearly the seventh best team in the Premier League so I'm sure they'll pick up enough points elsewhere so it'd be no surprise if they played a weakened team against United that day so it might it might work in United's favour and if they win both of those games then perfect springboard yeah I six days rest between changes. them and Barcelona who knows it should be an exciting few weeks it will anyway and who knows what's going to happen in the Indeed. title race but I hope you will both be joining us after the international break as well to to preview that game ahead against Watford. Thank you very much, Samuel. Thank you very much, Tyrone, for joining us on the Manchester is Red podcast. Please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. And we will be back again next time.